For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm your host, as always, Shane Told, as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. I know it's been a few weeks since we've had one of these episodes. There's been a lot of new noise episodes, lots of new music coming out. I appreciate you guys listening to those episodes that I do every week with Mike Howell. But I know these interviews with other lead singers have been few and far between. However, we got three in a row coming at you this week, next week, and the week after. Very excited. In two weeks' time, we are going to have Winston from Parkway Drive. They got a brand new record coming out. That's very exciting. And next week, I talk to Tom from No Trigger, one of the best punk bands. I mean, they don't put out records very often. To call them one of the greatest punk bands ever is maybe a stretch, but it's exciting when they do put out a record, and this one has been a long time coming. This is a great interview with a band that doesn't get enough love. And this week, this very episode, you saw the title... Mr. Stephen Christian of Anne Berlin, a man who needs no introduction, 
was one of the very first episodes of the podcast. I think he's in the first five, maybe. So to be able to reconnect with Steven in this episode was incredible. Uh, One of the best ever, maybe. So can't wait for you to hear this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, maybe you've had a little bit of time to go back and listen to some of the old episodes. Maybe you've listened to them all, or maybe you want more content. Regardless of whatever you're trying to do, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for as little as $6 a month. That gets you into a great, great community of my sinners. We're doing meetups all around America right now, which is pretty cool while I'm on tour. And of course, we just talk all day long about music and other things on the internet. So you get access to that and of course, so much bonus content and merchandise and more and more. So check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6 a month. That gets you in. That's like, that's pretty cheap these days <laughs> as far as things go, right? Man, inflation is crazy. Um, it's wild. But anyway, uh, it's less than a restaurant appetizer. That's for sure. So check it out. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. And will I have your attention? Yes. My band Silverstein, we are on tour right now, co-headlining with our friends in the Amity Affliction all over America and Canada, Toronto and Montreal. I don't want to say all of Canada because the people in Western Canada get mad, but we are touring USA and Canada right now. And this tour has been so much fun. So great to get back on stage. And I encourage you guys to come check it out. We got Holding Absence and Unity Texas opening up, two incredible bands. So yeah, get tickets. Check out vip.silversteamusic.com for all your needs, general admission or VIP. And if you see me at a show, say hi, say what's up. Say you like the show or, uh, or whatever. Love to hear from all the people. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we? Here is my conversation with one of the best, Mr. Stephen Christian of Amberlynn. Hey, man. Yes, sir. How's it going, Shane? I'm fantastic. It's really good to talk to you. Yeah, it's been some time. It it has. You know, it's funny. I was looking it up. It has been, if you can believe it, almost seven years since we did this. Wow. I would have thought longer. Yeah, I don't know why. I would have thought longer. But uh, but yeah, because I remember we did this. I just don't even remember the circumstances. I didn't. Yeah, just the timeline evades me. (laughs) Yeah, it it evades us all these days. It's been it's been a wild couple of years, but it's good to speak to you at a good time because last time we spoke, it was a weird time. You know, I mean, I think you were really disheartened with where Anne Berlin had left things, you know, you were really yeah. over it. You were really ready to move on. Um, yes. And it seemed like at that point, there was no chance Anne Berlin would ever play again. Right. And here we are talking about a new release, which is very exciting. I know. Yes, we have, we have run the gambit and it has taught me a lot, including never say never. 
you know, <laughs> you, know you just, you gotta, you gotta alleviate the word, you know, no and never from your vocabulary as a human because you just you don't know what the future holds that's for sure no 100 percent. i mean i remember when i saw you know you guys came back and did some shows again i actually was at one of them in chicago house of blues randomly i was there that night i think we were i think we had a day off we were playing the next night uh but you know it was great to see you back and you know you guys being just one of the best live bands i mean it was great to see that but i didn't know if we were going to get you know new creative output, you know, on uh, yeah, recorded format. Yeah. Well, thanks, Shane. Thanks for that compliment. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. With, and here we are. Here we are in 2022 um, back at it. So it's, it's been an adventure. It's been a lot of fun. So so what happened? So when I, when I talked to you, and you know, we'll go back seven years ago, because that seems like a, yeah. a great place to start. So, so it seemed like, you know, you were done with it. You had moved on. Uh, I think you're down in Clearwater, Florida now working at a church. Yep. Um, and, and everything seemed fine. And it seemed like you would have been content with just basically not speaking with those guys ever again and moving on with your life. And you've done lots of music. Um, but how did the conversations get started with, with the other guys? And how did you kind of get the ball rolling first on, you know, doing some shows again and now, you know, now making music? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a tough story because, you know, we've been friends. My, the guy, some of the guys in the band, I met Dion when he was in fourth grade and I was in sixth grade. You know, like we've been friends for the majority of our lives and then some, you know? Yeah. And so here, you know, we had built a band together. We had worked so hard. And and what people on the outside of the band world would know as success, like they would think, oh man, they're touring the world. They're making, the you know, great money. They're doing all this. and all. But, but as you know, Shane, there's a lot more to the dynamics of a band than just simply, you know, oh, get into a bus and, and head out on the road. It's, right. it's a lot more complicated because you're five humans with in five different directions with five different dreams and hopes and aspirations. What success is for one person may not be for the other person, for the next person. Yeah. And, not to mention uh, five different bank accounts. Yeah, five different <laughs> bank accounts with, with five, yeah, but, but five, no, let's be honest with five. Five different spending habits as well. That's right. There you go. So where one person's got feels like they've got to stay out the road, the other person's budgeted well or set themselves up to win in the future. There's just a lot that goes into it. Yep. You know, my my uh, I have a close friend. He lives in Tallahassee, Florida, and he's starting. You know, he started like this little like. Um, man, I don't know, like Karen Ben kind of um, erythral um, jam band, for lack of better words. And he just and he just got to a certain point and they kind of broke up. They didn't record at all. They never. And he was just like, man, no one ever tells you about band dynamics. No one ever kind of factors that into the success formula of a band. No together for a certain amount of time without breaking up or hating each other or getting on each other's nerves or just quitting, you know? So funny that because just in that microcosm, he saw the band dynamics that which we survived for 12 years. Um, You know, and so what happened was, is, is, you know, I had, I started to have kids in 2011. And I think for me, that was kind of like a, a, you know, a countdown to a time bomb, you know, it just, Hmm. because as, as band members, you, you miss out. You miss out on anniversaries. I miss. I miss the funeral. I miss. You know, both my. You know, two of my siblings got. You know, with their master's degree, and I wasn't at either of those ceremonies. Right. You just. You miss, and so I missed on first words and first steps and first smiles and all this stuff. Just in life, just kept passing me by, and it just began to mount up. Well, none of the other guys had. You know, had kids, and several weren't even married. And so to try to tell somebody 
about what kids feel like, you know, like what, right. you know, how incredible those moments are is just kind of like speaking, you know, speaking a totally dover, another language. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, that's, and, you know, but understand because none of them had any children. So staying on the road seven to nine months at a time wasn't yeah. conducive because, you know, for, whether we like it or not, a lot of times bands are boys club. You know, or, you know, and even if there's a female member, it's just a club. It's just, you, you're just in and it just, it, the rest of the world doesn't understand. And it's just yeah. us four no more. And, and, and it's so bringing on my family onto the bus, even though there was, you know, a few times they were allowed on for the most part, it was viewed as an inconvenience. Right. And, um, and it's just a struggle. And so here I am just fight. It just felt like I would go to the band and, 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 you know, I was fighting the band. Guys, we gotta, we gotta, please let's stay on the road less. You know, please let's work smarter and not harder. Can I bring my family? Can, can we not go to the ends of the earth this year? You know, can we try to, you know, and they would, you know, then I'd have to go to my wife and I'd have to fight her. And it was just, right. listen, I've got to go out. Hey, I have to provide for this family. Yeah, I have to go back to Australia. Not have to, I, I love traveling internationally, but it's just a different dynamic for a family. And so, it was just the war. It was just a war. It was a war against my family, against the band, and 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 even though I don't think either side would say that, I don't think my wife would say I don't like the band. The band would say, you know, wouldn't say I don't like your family. I was just caught in the middle of this, yeah, you know, protest. Both sides were protesting, and I was caught in the middle. And after a while, that just completely wore out anything that was positive of the band. It was just, it was just a, you know, a battle after battle. And uh, the, at the end of the day, the person who lost was me, you know, like I would just yeah. end up feeling like no matter where I was on any given day, I was letting someone down and just year after year of kind of that internal struggle, like it just weighs on you. It's just heavy. You know, if I was out on the road, I was making one set of friends happy and, you know, and my bank account and all that kind of stuff and fans and the label. And then my, my wife's back home miserable. And then if I was home for a month, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying investing in my family and my kids and my wife and the band is just miserable. Like, Hey, you know, we've got to push these projects or right. the major labels breathing down my throat or, Hey, you've got six. At one point we had 16 mouths to feed. And it was just like, man, I I'm letting them down. I'm letting down families, you know, other people's families and other, you know, other people and, you know, who have worked this hard to achieve this much. And so, it just became where, you know, I mentally checked out like right around 2013. I remember um, I was, we were at the O2 Arena in, uh, in London mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there thinking like, my God, I have it all. You know, like I have, I have what everything, you know, anybody in a band would love to be in the middle of a, you know, international tour, making good money on this incredible tour. And I am completely, unbelievably miserable. I just, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be, you know, and it just, I began to like mentally check out and, and the, the, the people who suffered were those, you know, in my immediate circle, like the guys in my band, you know, like I just wasn't, I wasn't into hanging out. I wasn't into creating. I wasn't into moving forward. I was, you know, checking out mentally into band meetings and, you know, future endeavors. And I just, I just felt like I, I knew, like we were still giving it all on our, on the stage. Like I never ripped off a fan. I never did, but I felt like, the more that I pretend to be in that this is a passion, it's going to become a profession, which right. I mean, you know, on paper it was, 
but it's going to become a profession. And then that's when I'm going to start writing crappy lyrics. I'm going to come up with half-hearted melody lines. I'm going to be writing, you know, rehashes of old songs. I'm going to be trying to make a dollar instead of trying to make music. And there's a big difference. And I knew eventually this was going to like, the fans were the ones who were going to pay the price because, you know, making crappy music, showing up on stage, not even want to be there mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. And then people just seeing right through me. I was like, man, that's a, that's a huge fear for them to look through me and go, man, is he phoning this in? Right. And then just, I'm never coming back to this show. So might as well leave the band when we were kind of like, I don't want to say on a high note, it wasn't like the pinnacle of our career, but at least it was like a respected moment of our career. Right. Right. And, and at least we had some type of value and some people like still thought of us as like, man, that's my favorite band. Those are my guys. And so why not leave then as opposed to like being back in a van 10 years from later and we're all just curmudgeoned old men talking about oh, how these new bands suck and, <laughs> uh, you know, just, I, I didn't want, I saw that. I would go to festivals and I'd overhear conversations of, you know, bands that were older than us. And I was just like, dude, that's not, I don't want to be there. I don't want to hate my life and hate everybody around me just because I'm miserable. And so, that's that's you know and then so in 2013 that's kind of when i presented it to the guys hey guys like i'm gonna give you one more year of my life 2014 is yours we can work 365 days a year we can work one day we can record three records we can record one it does not even matter to me but you get one more year of my life because at the end of the day these guys worked really hard as well and for sure and i wanted them to be able to be set up for the future and i felt i felt obligated financially like hey i want these guys to win. So if they want to save all their money, they want to blow all their money, they want to do whatever, I owe it to them to like one more year. Well, I mean, that was a great thing. That was great in value, like uh, philosophically, that was good. <laughs> uh, but, but I think I think when I finally put, you know, got into a bus in January of 2014, I thought, man, this is the worst mistake. I'm not even here. I'm not even here. Like, and um, again, I never, we never ripped off a fan. Like we did, we, we gave it all, you know, for those two hours that we were on stage, but the other 22 hours, I was probably super miserable to be around. I mean, not, not that I was like yelling or screaming or fighting. I just was very lethargic, spiritually lethargic, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, just everything, just not even the present. And so um, it was, it was a great year as far as like, you know, we went everywhere from Brazil to Australia to, you know, festivals to, you know, to home, you know, all over, all over the world. It was great. We put out Lowborn that, you know, Nate, our drummer still thinks is our best record to date. So I mean, we did good things. Good record. Um, but, uh, hey, thanks, Shane. Uh, but it, it just, you know, and to, at the end of the year, 2014, we were House of Blues at our final show. We just felt like that should be the place where we ended because it had so many memories of us. That's where we started is basically kind of like uh, birthed out of like Orlando area, House of Blues. And yeah. I was going to UCF and all that kind of stuff. And so we just felt like that was very appropriate to end there. And as we did, like, as the show came to a close, I crumbled on the floor and I just laid there. And, and I'm sure people were like, oh, that's, that's so emo or he's so, oh, he's so, oh, you know, what, what pageantry. But honestly, I was exhausted. I literally could have, could you know this, Shane? Have you ever, this, has this ever happened to you? You get off a tour and suddenly you're sick or suddenly oh, yeah. you're exhausted because you're just All pumped with a drink. Oh yeah, dude. You get, I always say I get home. And I'll, I'll, I'll have a great last show. My voice will be fine. But the next day, I won't even be able to talk. Yeah. Because but if we had another show, I would yep, be able to do it. Yep. But it's like my body knows it just shuts, it just shuts down. 
Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, it's just, it's something like your brain, it's adrenaline, it's a rush. It's mm-hmm. like, you have to achieve this. And then you tell your body, okay, it's time to turn off. You can relax. And suddenly it's like, oh good, because I've been storing up COVID for like days now. And now it's time to, <laughs> it's here, we're here, <laughs> you know? And so you're just, you just, and so that, that's literally, it felt like 12 years of accumulating exhaustion and I just laid on that stage and literally if everybody quietly left, I could have slept for like a day and a half. I was that <laughs> tired. I was that done and baked. And, and, and so, and that's, and that was kind of a microcosm of like that ending of the band. I was just exhausted. And a lot of that came out in like, you know, you got to think that other members of the band, they wanted to stay in the band. They didn't, this wasn't their decision. They, these guys were born to be musicians. These guys were born to stay on the road, a few of them. And so it really took a, you know, a toll interpersonal, inner band wise, because it was just like, I don't get it. I don't see your logic. Why would you leave this? Like, look at what we have. Look what, you know, we have record labels that would sign us tomorrow. We have, you know, tours that we're being offered. Like, how could you go? And it was just, it's just, I I had to go. I had to go. So, okay. I I mean, and you described that to me like before, but, and you describe it with such passion and such pain that, it's hard for me to understand how you have that conversation. That's like, okay, let's do it again. And it must've been with a lot of uh, specific parameters and maybe some trepidation of like, this is the way it's got to be because I don't want to go back to that place again. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And so, 2013 rolled by, 2014, 2015, I moved to New Mexico and uh, just right. a lot of it was a little bit of escapism, you know, I just, I needed a whole fresh start and I felt like no better place than the desert, as well as like there was a great church out there that I really, really adore, even to this day, I love it very much. And it was just kind of like to get out. So I just wanted to get out. I, you know, this is so random, but I once watched um, a behind the music. Do you remember that series yeah, on VH1? Of course. I think every band dude was just like obsessed, like what is happening? You know, like you learned about like how careers were just tanked and how record labels were just, oh, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, a lot of them were just evil. So, well, I, I remember watching one and I can't even tell you who it was, but it was some big hair metal band and, and they, they, and he retired and he took all his savings. He bought a small place out in some wooded area and he became a park ranger like a lead singer of a huge metal band <laughs> yeah you know and i was like even when like amberlin was going i was like i want to do that i want to disappear i just want to go away and like no one you know know where i'm at on the face of a globe and so in a way that was kind of what i did i just kind of escaped to new mexico um, you know, just ran away into the desert and just kind of dropped off, stopped social media, stopped, you know, you know, participating into like um, band diatribes and, and conversations and just kind of just, just laid low because also Shane, like psychologically, nobody tells you this, but I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm Steven from Amberlynn. That's my identity. Like right. that's, that's, that's who I am. And so a lot of times we get out of bands and now we don't have that. We don't have that comma from Amberlynn. We're just Steven. And there's a lot of demons that you have to work out as far as like self-confidence. Who I am I really? Do I have value outside of a stage? And luckily for me, I was allowed to like, you know, uh, call my shot. But what about everybody else in the band? And what about, 
you know, the, the band that just like somebody does something wrong or illegal and the band's just dissolved and it's all gone. And now, you know, we, we just, we have this attachment to our name and it's just, you know, you've got to relearn yourself, but also your family. Like you quit a band and my wife and I realized like we have not been in the same room for like three months straight solid. And so now I'm having to like, you know, right. we're, we're trying to, have to figure out a marriage and kids and what do I do? Why are you doing this? This is my job. Well, this is what I've done. You ever, you haven't been here. Right. You know, like this is, this is why I've always done it like this. So all these things that you just had to let, you have to like sort through and weed through. And so I'm, I'm walking by myself in New Mexico, just out in this little village called Corrales. And I'm just thinking about life and the past and everything. And I realized that like, you know, even if like, you know, the guys never choose to speak to me again, I need to call and just man up to my part of the ending. You know, it was a great on paper and, and to the perception to the world, it was awesome. I mean, other, other bands mimicked us as far as like, here's how we're going to leave out. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how the announcement's going to go. You know, here's where I put out one more record. Right. Amberlynn crushed that last year. Like, like what a classy way to end. And it's true on paper. It looked awesome, but behind the scenes, it was just kind of, again, lethargic. And it just felt like I, I made mistakes. I, I checked out mentally. I just was not there. I was not present for their pain because they're going through stuff too. I didn't ask questions. I wasn't like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? How can I set you up to win? What's next for you? It was me just kind of recoiling in survival mode, laying in my bunk, taking long walks, leaving early, not hanging out after shows. And I was just checked out. So I called each one individually. I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that if I caused you, you know, mental pain, I'm sorry that, you know, the band had to leave like this. I understand from your point of view, like we had the world at our fingertips and I just let it, you know, go, you know, slide through my fingers. And I just, I just wanted to be, you know, I just wanted to hear them out. You know, I just wanted to hear the pain in their voice. You know, I wanted to hear the effect that I had, you know, and because I'm no man is an Island. I don't, you know, and I, you know, we had gone through so much, man. We've gone yeah. through, we've slept uh, just like you. Um, we, you know, we, we slept out in our van night after night. We would sleep under our cars. It was too hot at truck stops. We'd sleep under the van. We would sleep at the sketchiest crack houses. We, we had $3 a day per diem on some tours. We had to, you know, and <laughs> had two, two tacos for lunch and one That's for right. dinner. Taco Bell, you know? Taco Bell uh, value menu that lived Heck on that for yeah. years. Heck yeah. You know, we were calling family members to afford, you know, so they could pay gas because we ran out at the end of a tour. And we, we you know, we, 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 you know, we went through some insane, insane stuff, man, together. And so for me to just like, okay, I'm done with you guys and peace out. And, and I've got, you know, like, what about my feelings? It was just very inconsiderate, very, you know, just, just not, not good living, not, not being a good human. And so I called each individual and just apologized from the bottom of my heart. Like, Hey, I, I know that I, that I made mistakes. I know I checked out. I know I wasn't there for you. I know I wasn't there for your families. You know, I thought I was doing right by mine and, and I overlooked yours. And so, um, just, just, yeah, just reconciled. And a lot of them, you know, a few of them were just very like, you know, screw you. And some of them were like, Hey, thanks. And, but it was at least the beginning of a conversation, you mm-hmm. know, just a, you know, just a, a long-term conversation. Right. And so, you know, you know, that began kind of like text chains and emails and Hey guys, what's going on? And it's a little, you know, a little here and there and sharing family photos and little stuff like that. And then in 2019, I want to say it was around June. Um, I, I knew I was going to be back in Florida and, um, 
and and obviously the guys live here and um so i you know just like hey you guys guys you guys just want to meet up and talk you know just just have a civil conversation no agenda just five guys that shared uh, the majority of their life together you know like you you got to remember that like Nate was 12 years old when he started to play <laughs> drums for us 12 <laughs> and so when you add up the amount of time that we've been in the same room Nate and I I've spent more time with him than his own mother you know what I'm saying with his more you know, than his own father like his brothers like I've spent more time in the same room no it's one crazy. else has. I, even crazy. his wife to this point I've spent more time with him than his own wife at this given juncture in life and so to give all that up and just be like you know what forget it you know don't worry about it it would just be asinine of me so you know those conversations so when June in 2019 we kind of just met talked and and just just were civil just you know she, she laughed I mean, dude, I mean, we were great friends. I mean, we, we, we would laugh all the time. That was just the best part of being in a band is the camaraderie. It's like a little, you know, little gang, you know? And yeah. so inside jokes, oh my gosh, you know, thousands of them. And so, and just talking about good times and stuff like that. And, and, uh, after that little, that meeting, you know, Nate kind of hit us all up and was like, listen, my brother-in-law, which is Tim from under oath, they're playing a show at, um, at an arena down here in Florida. And they just, they want us to open up in December. And at that point, I was, I knew I was moving back to Florida at some point, you know, right. that right about there. And I was just like, you know, my kids, they were, when, when I left the band, they were only two and three. They don't remember anything, you know, very, very, very you know, they, they don't have any recollection of, you know, the majority of their right. early years were right. on a bus. And I just wanted to see their dad one, I wanted their, them to see their dad at least once in some type of environment where, you know, it was, you know, unlike the dad that they know, you know, like <laughs> just one more time. You wanted and to so, look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just once guy, <laughs> just change, you know, just once in front of your kids, you just want to appear cool. And, um, and that was monumental. That was such a cool show and experience and the outpouring of the fans and singing along every word. And just that, just, it was just bigger than life. And it was just everything I wanted my daughters to see. And just, just, it felt, I felt alive. And it was, it was like a valve that had been shut off for four years. And it's just so insane how you can turn that thing off and that, that persona on and off, you know? Right. And, um, and so we did that. And then that led into what if we just did something for us? Like, what do we like to do? We loved Australia. We went, you know, our career, we went 15 times to Australia. Right. And it was just, He's so it was got just the like song Adelaide, right? It's, one of your biggest yeah, yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it was just, it was just one of those things. Let's just go to Australia. We, that's what we like. Let's go do what we like. And then that led to, dude, what if we just went, you know, like, where do you like to play? Oh, I like Salt Lake City. Oh, I like, you know, Seattle. Oh, I like this city. I, why don't we just go to hit the cities we like? Okay, let's just go hit. And so it's slowly, but I realized it wasn't some type of methodical, like, let's get the band back together. What I realized is that for every musician, it had to start with a hobby and then it moved into a passion and then it moved into profession. And what I was realizing in myself is that I had, I had de-evolved in a great way. It was no longer my profession. It was turning me back into my passion and a hobby. You right. know, some guys go shoot guns. Other guys like go to football games. And here I am, I get to like this weekend, I'm going to be with some of my best friends in Brooklyn, New York, playing three nights at a residency. Like how right. cool is that? What a, what a cool hobby to have, you know? And so that's, 
into the best versions of ourselves, you know, being able to play passion projects, records that we enjoyed on our terms. It's not, it's, there's no longer like, oh, the label's coming after you. You know, you gotta, you gotta submit demos in two months. You know, you have zero songs right now. There's no, <laughs> you know, you know, you got, you know, these guys are on retainer, right? So every day you're sitting home, you know, you're, we're all losing money. You know, there's nothing, none of that. There's, there's just, hey, what do you envision next year to look like? No, I don't know. A few, like three or four festivals and let's go out for a week. Okay. That sounds great to us. Okay, great. Let's go. So that's, yeah. that's what we've de-evolved into the best version of ourselves. And well, that's, that's, awesome. that's why I like this new record so much, Silverline. It's, you know, you've heard it said like you have like six years to write your first record. For a lot of people, that's their best. And then the second, you know, a sophomore slump right. because you only have right. two years of being on the road. In but for, for us, we've, ha- we've, we've taken a break for years. So I feel, you know, I always love being in the studio. And so I'm back to that. I'm, all, I'm back to being in the studio, you know, and I'm, I'm back to like writing lyrics. And it's just, again, it's a passion now. It's a hobby as opposed to a profession. So it's an EP. Uh, Silver Lion, five songs. Uh, it's great, by the way. Um, Thanks, I love the diversity on it. I feel like it's it's a really great step forward for you guys musically, but it also still captures you know the emotion and the vibe that Amber Lynn always had. Um, your voice sounds great on it, but I I was like I wanted a little more. You know, I listened to it. and I was like that was yeah. that was great, but you know, is there a reason that you just did an EP? Is that just was that just a lot easier in, from a, a, a workflow perspective? Um, or are you working on a, another full length at some point? What's What was kind of the reason around doing that um, and dropping an EP rather than maybe trying to put together two EPs and do a do more of a full length kind of thing? So, I mean, I like your that word workflow because af- actually it was really effortless to do that EP. It just felt a little more effortless. It felt like, it, you know, this is something we can handle. You know, right. we, if you tell me I got to go to the studio and knock out 12 songs, that's a bit, that's a bit precarious. So right. for me, I felt like five, but honestly, it goes beyond that. You know, we are now in 2022, which I don't understand a lot of, you know, for instance, like, you know, I now we don't have first week sales. We have spins, and I mean, what does right. that equate to? What's good? I don't even know what's good. I don't, you know, no one like, knows what's good. No one knows what's good. Know. Like, are you a success? Are you not? I don't. I don't know. Records don't even chart, but they're successful. I don't know. I don't even get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sold out of our vinyl, but what is that? Is that good or is that we only have now two thousand fans because we only put out two thousand vinyls? Like, <laughs> yeah. who 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 can know? I don't think it was more. I know it was more than that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I totally. So. Um, it just, I don't know how to, you know, so, but what I do know is that we are now an ADHD, uh, culture and we like playlists more than we like albums where, as I used to clutch a CD and be like, are you kidding? This is awesome. Now we're like, oh my gosh, they put out one more new single at a time, you know? And so that's our logic is just like, Hey, we're going to put out five songs on this EP. And then in this fall, we're going to put out another five songs and then we'll combine that together oh, cool. and put that on, on one full length. Oh, so okay. we'll there you full go. length eventually, there you go. but okay. right now we just, we're, we're after the, uh, the playlist market and we're after the, you know, like, Hey, you know, we want to keep it, you know, content, content is now King. Um, unlike, you know, 10 years ago when, when it was more just kind of like that first week had carried a lot of weight, you know, right. and just like you are on this record label or you're not based on this week. So 
um, that's that's where we're at, and uh, that's what that's what our um, Equal Vision Records recommended. And we're you know if they're if they're going to pay studio time, then I'm going to listen to them and, and and listen to their advice. Well, Dan Dan is one of my favorite people ever, like just ever. I love that guy so much. Um, so you worked with Tim Tim from Under Oath. Uh, I, I I didn't I forgot there was the family connection with Nate. Um, but that's cool. I mean, to bring in a guy like that, that obviously has seen, you know, your career from the very early stages and watched you guys growing up together to kind of be behind the desk, um, suggesting things as a producer. What was it like working with, with him? And I know you worked with other people too, but Tim specifically, cause he's a friend of mine. I just would love to hear that, ex- what that experience was, was like. Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, like Tim's been, Timmy's been with us since, I mean, geez, before time. So we were in a horrific little punk rock band in the area, Dion, Joey, and I, and then Nate eventually became the drummer of that little horrible punk rock band. But like Tim McTague and Nate would be in the front singing along with this punk rock band. I mean, they've been there since we were like 16, 17 years old, you know, 18 years old, just screaming along. So awesome. that's, so they've been, you know, the, Tim's been here. He's seen the evolution. He's no, you know, we've watched his career. He's watched ours, you know, obviously mutually respected because when we come from the same area. And so there's a little bit of pride of well, like, dude, under oath, Copeland, Amberlynn, all from like a 30 mile radius right here. And so, you know, you're always just rooting for him. Come on, you can, you know, so it's been cool. It's been cool. And obviously the ties that Tim have and Nate have with King State, they work a lot in tandem um, on that project. Yeah. Uh, the the coffee shop and bar and stuff like that. Yeah, we did some and coffee. So, uh, we did some coffee with, with Nate and Tim for the release of our record, actually. Nice. So, yeah. Perfect, man. Yeah. And so that's so cool. Um, and it's just, and so, when it came to this, it just feels like family. And at this juncture, like I mentioned, we're, dude, we're back to what's, what, what feels right. I don't care about how big your name is. I don't care about how many records you produced or number one. It's like, do I want to be in the studio and be excited to be in the studio or do I not? And so, you know, Tim was just kind of the natural progression and it worked out so well. I mean, from what I wish, I mean, I would like to like put in a, a demo and like show you the before. And then when it came out of what Tim and the guys came up with in the studio, it's like crazy for, for the best night yeah. and day experimentative, but we have no limits. We have no limitations. No one's telling us to write a single. No one's telling us, you know, you got to you gotta compete with Drake or Taylor Swift or with this band or that band. It's more just kind of like, man, like, like we are free and liberated to do whatever, you know? So, and we'll add crazy, crazy stuff. We added some trap beats and we took them out, you know? We added like, <laughs> we added all this insane stuff. We, we even had like a, a guy come and sing, you know, like rap over it. And that was, uh, that was taken out. But, but we were just, we were just, <laughs> You there was just no limits. Yeah. There was just no limits. Like, why not try it? We're going to throw everything against the wall. Everything you can think of, we're going to throw it against the wall. You don't like it? Fine. Let's take it out. But we're, we're, we're not going to be shy about, we're just going to try it. What feels right on this record? Let's go. And so that's where we're at. And that dude, how cool is that? Like just to be able to be that experimentative, that open to progress and, and musical evolution in that way. But, but it's just that, that forward, you know, momentum and progress and thinking that's what we're allowed to do with Tim, as opposed to someone who's told by the later label, keep them within these confines. You better right. come up with a really, really catchy chorus, or I'm just going to send you back to the drawing board. Right. Wow. That's not, that's amazing, man. But no, I, I also feel like with your voice, 
You know, you have such a distinctive, powerful voice in the way that you say in your lyrics. It's kind of like once you put that over anything, it's just going to sound like Anne Berlin, right? Man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's wonderful. That's well, cool. I mean, you've still, you've been busy with some other stuff over the last few years too. I, you know, yeah. obviously your solo stuff, a couple solo records in the last few yeah. years and Anchor and yep. Braille with a yeah. new record as well. So, I mean, you've been yeah. keeping busy on that front. I mean, I assume those projects are going to keep on keeping on and, you know, but obviously that takes up a lot of time too. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there's something, I don't think I could stop writing. Even if you said, Hey, you can never record anything else. I think my brain would still be like humming melody lines and, you know, coming up with, I dude, I, it's so funny. Didn't even, you know, didn't know, you know, Amberlynn was ever going to, but I, I had a folder on my Evernote, like here are lyrics that we could use for right. Amberlynn. <laughs> it wasn't even on a horizon to write, but it was just more because your brain, you know, like I've been in some form of a band since I was 15, you know what I'm saying? Some form, you know, so it's just one of those things where your brain is just like, you know, constantly combing over conversations. What, what did they just say? No, that's a cool word. I, I like that line. I like how that phrase goes, you know, you're listening to new music and as musicians, it sucks to like go listen to other bands because you're constantly like, you know, like listening for their melody lines and you're dissecting their songs and you're trying to figure out why would they put the bridge there? Why, why, this, you know, you're just, it's, it doesn't, your brain does not shut off as no. far as like, how do I write this better? How do I create this better? If how can, you know, if I was up on stage, I would do this or I would get, I would not have gotten that lighting package. I would have done that, you know, so it's not, you know, your brain is constantly as a musician, just solving a problem that the rest of the world didn't ask you to solve. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you're just this constant mathematician, so world, you know, to everybody else's, uh, uh, you know, problems and solutions, you know? So, but, you know, so again, even though Amberlynn stopped, I didn't, you know, you just keep going. And, and I don't think, you know, I guess as long as someone's willing to listen, I'm willing to write, you know, as, as that's, that's how this goes. I love it. Well, you're going out on a pretty cool tour. Actually, you've already started yes. the tour. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. uh, celebrating Never Take Friendship Personal Cities and New Surrender. It, it's, it is interesting because it's spread out. You're kind of doing little residencies. I think you use that word, kind of long weekends. Um, I see yeah. that you've already done Cleveland, the garage yes. shop. I uh, love that place. Yep. Um, looks like you just did Florida la a couple weeks ago and yeah, you got yeah, Brooklyn, New York this week. Yep. So how's this yeah. been so far? I mean, you're playing some some little places, must be hot, sweaty shows. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're playing, you know, what is that? Your second, third and fourth records? I mean, those are, that's exciting for the fans. Yeah. So this is our 20 year anniversary. We started in, in, in 2002. So this is 20 years for us that we've awesome. been kind of creating music. And so we just, you know, I don't want to say we took a poll. What we did is we just went on Spotify and Apple Music and we just saw what are people listening to? And these are the three record, the three primary records that they're listening to. And so that's how we decided on these. And we knew that we could like, let's go, we could go into Cleveland and we could play one night at House of Blues. Yay, right. 20 years. Or, dude, let's go into smaller venues, make it intimate, like where we would have started. You know, in 2002, yeah. where did we start? In small, sweaty venues. And so let's, let's, you know, like the cap on, um, uh, State Theater last week or the Floridian now, uh, is 700. So we can play one Janice show and get 2000 in our local hometown, or we can play three sweaty shows and, and really just crush these records, have a blast and, and just, I don't know, make it, make it really intimate, make it to where there's no barriers. There's just, 
you and me. And sure, we'll come back and we'll play your festival and play in front of thousands of people and we'll do that again at some point. But why not this time at our 20 year, like get back to our roots? And so that was kind of the logic is just let's just, let's just go in and, and just have a blast. And a lot of it stems from, you know, when COVID hit, we went and did those online shows. And the thing that we loved about it and the fans loved the most about it was like that banter in between the songs. We would storytell and talk about how we came up with a song or who the producer was or memories we had. And so we're going to, we, we just do that even now. We just, uh, and my dad was like, you guys, you guys really make fun of each other the entire time. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how it is after, after 20 years. That's what, that's what you do. So, but I mean, it just, it makes it more fun and laid back and just, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't feel real when they're up there and you're down here and there's a barricade and there's all this stuff. It's just, yeah, we can come in and play one show for you or dude, come hang out with us for three nights in a row. See your, you know, a couple of your favorite records and get to know us as people. And and that was just more alluring. It must be cool too. When, when, you know, when you're doing that third show, and then you see it's like been the same the same person in the front row yeah. like the last two nights, and you're like it's like they're your old friend now, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's like a certain, yeah. certain cool familiarity to it that must be uh, sure. must be fun too. Yeah, even in Cleveland, I was like, hey man, why are you standing over here? The last two nights you stood right here. You want <laughs> you want to switch places? It made me feel more comfortable. You just switch back. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, I see. I see Cleveland. Uh, yeah, St. Pete, Brooklyn, Asbury Park, Denver, Atlanta, Orlando. Uh, are you planning on doing more? Because there's a. It's weird. There's no California at all. Uh, no Chicago. Is there? Is yeah. that in the cards? So Chicago, we're playing a festival. We're playing Riot Fest right. up there. So we're, I mean, right. inter, interdispersed is there's a bunch of like little like you know, uh, you know, we're playing the when we were young fest. Oh, of we're course, be, yes. We'll and see then you we're going to be heading out. Yeah, yeah. And then we're heading out to California during that week and stuff like that. So there you it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be great. It's just. We're just, we're just, we're trying to play smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to like make sure, like, you know, because now everybody's married and the majority of us have kids. And so it's just now everybody goes, Oh, I get it. You kind of, <laughs> you kind of want to be home. And, and so one of the guys that toured with me in Anchor and Braille after his first kid, he called me, he's like, How did you do that? How did you even do that? Cause like, when, cause when my second was born, Nola, two weeks after she left, I mean, she was born, I was back out on the road two weeks. And so they're just like, I don't get it. Why would you do that? What, how did you even participate in this? It does not even, so it's just now that y'all understand, you know what we could do? Right. We could work smarter, make more money in a more condensed amount of time with, and have more fun if we just played it smart, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Everybody gets to work on their passion projects during the week and their, their whatever their day job is. And then, on the weekend, we hit the road, you know, and it's it's a lot of fun. That's that's awesome. Yeah, when we were young is a really interesting one, and uh, I've been asking some of other artists I've had on here, like how that came to be, because for us, we got an email that said, "Hey, do you want to open for My Chemical Romance in Las Vegas on this day for this much money?" And we said, "Okay." And then we didn't hear anything about it until it was announced. Is that what happened wow. with you guys too, or did you have a little more information? We, you know, we, we, we wanted, we thought Fry Fest. So we were just like, basically like, no, unless you can prove, unless your check clears or something, oh, there's wow. no way. Cause I mean, think <laughs> about it, dude, you know, selling out shows and all this, you know, like it's, you know, those, those tickets sold right away. And I was getting 
I was fielding so many phone calls like, dude, I'm going to fly out there, but is this real? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if it's real, but it turned out to be real. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, but that's how it started. It was just like, is this, is this work? And it's kind of like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, you <laughs> maybe. know, you gotta, you gotta kind of tell us, you know, this is, uh, this is really what's happening. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was really funny though. Just, just some of the things that, you, that you'd hear about, like, you know, people, people talking about how, yeah, this is this company that's like known to do like whatever festival. It's like, it's live nation. They do every single show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like this is, some, yeah. you know, yeah. company that's only done one or two festivals before. So I yep. thought it was really funny. Just the, the fear uh, mongering, if you will, that everybody had about this yes. thing. And I was like, well, yeah, we, yes. I mean, we confirmed. Yeah. They asked us, we didn't know the whole lineup. Uh, and right. we still don't know what time we're playing or how long we're playing for. But, oh, nobody uh, does. Nobody <laughs> does. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's no sketchier than, uh, I don't know, most of the shows we book. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> there you go. I love it, man. That's Very amazing. Cool. That's amazing. Well, well, Steven, I mean, uh, thank you for being so forthcoming and, and jumping on here. I know you're, Got some family things going on there. And uh, uh, what else to tell the people? Uh, what else is happening before I let you go? Man, I, you know, I think that's the biggest things is just um, I, I down here working at a church, incredible church called Grace Family Church. And uh, they're, they're so unbelievably supportive to let me, you know, kind of like juggle these chainsaws, right. which are, you know, Amber, which is Amberlynn in this church. And so it's just a cool life, man. I, you know, and, and for, for all those beginning musicians and everybody that's starting out on the music business, man, I, I highly encourage it. I think it's the best decision I've ever made. It's going to be, man, it's going to be hell. There's going to be a lot of hell, you know, you're going to have to, <laughs> I don't know a lot of bands that are just like, no, it was easy. You know, we were a one hit wonder. We got signed a week after and, uh, you know, it's all just been roses since. I mean, there's, I think it's, a, I think it can teach you a lot about life, about interpersonal communication, about strategy, about goal setting, about, you know, dreaming big, about, you know, putting in the hard work because well, right. you know, what people don't see are those 22 other hours that are, it's mentally taxing. You know, but, um, but I think that man, at the end of the day, it is so worth it. And even if, you know, you only make it till, you know, the next state over, man, that is huge. That is yeah. huge to like set goals, set dreams, write songs, get booked, you know, you know, go pursue it. It's, 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 it's one of the most incredible entrepreneurial endeavors you will ever come across. You know, it's just worthwhile. But I mean, take time to like, you know, count your blessings and realize like, Hey, the simple fact that, you know, we get to do this and we don't have to do this. And that, you know, some other people are stranded in their jobs, just hating life. And yet, you know, here we are making, you know, $3 a day <laughs> eating Taco Bell. Hey, what a, what a, what a dream, what a dream. So amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, just keep going, keep moving forward. And, um, and just, uh, yeah, just go crush life because I think, you know, being in a band, being a musician, absolutely one of the most incredible pinnacle moments of my entire existence. <laughs> well, well said, Stephen. I hear, I hear your. Uh, is that your daughter in the background? Yes. Yeah. This is my four-year-old. She's running around. Uh, did you say her name was Nola? So my my second-born is Nola. Yeah, uh, after New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, I have a I have a friend, a very good friend of mine that just had just had a daughter, and her name is Nola. So oh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so that's I didn't know it was that popular of a name. I, I don't love think it. it is. So uh, awesome. That's a cool little coincidence. But I my friend, um, thanks again for taking the time. Yeah, um, good luck with all the shows coming up. I'll see you in Vegas, and yes. uh, uh, can't wait, man. 
I can't either, man. Uh, Vegas to me is going to be like a high school reunion, right? You know what I'm saying? I didn't get to go to mine, but this is going to be another level. I love it. it. All right, man. All the best, Steven. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Bye, Shane. So there it is with Steven Christian of Anne Berlin, one of my favorite people and so honest, so forthcoming. Every time I run into that guy, whether it's at a show or on the on the phone or whatever it is, I always learn some stuff, you know? He's he's so knowledgeable and he really kind of makes you think about so much. So hearing that whole story about Amberlynn and and the demise once again was very 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 interesting, but it's amazing to see Amberlynn back at it, kicking ass doing all kinds of shows, all kinds of different stuff. Stoked to see them out in Vegas. Hope to catch a show somewhere else as well. Man, getting to see some of those records played all the way through, that's a treat. That's a treat. I hope you guys check their tour dates and make sure you can check some of that out. But the new EP, this thing slaps as well. I know it's only five songs, but it's it's so good. It's that kind of record that the second it's done, you just want to put it on again. So I will leave you with a tune. Here it is, the first track from the new EP, Silverline. It's called Two Graves. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next time.